Welcome to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. I'm Scott, and I thank you for joining us. Amid the swirling chaos of 2021, we decided to venture back into live music with the first ever Right Brain Music Minifest. It was a concert with a diverse range of creative musicians in our home base of Seattle. The Minifest happened on September 18th, 2021, and this episode is about that evening. The bill included three artists, the electroacoustic free improv quartet Spontanea, aka Spontania, renowned vocalist, instrumentalist, and improviser Amy Denio, and the avant jazz trio Outlaw Space. Spontania and Amy Denio have been featured in this podcast before. Note episodes 14 and 23. I'll talk more about Outlaw Space here. But back to the Minifest. Each artist played a set, and then the audience drew individual musicians' names randomly out of a hat to constitute small groups that then improvised together. After several chance ensembles, all of the musicians played together in a mega jam. In planning this event, we wondered, would anyone come? We took appropriate health precautions at the venue, which was Seattle's legendary Good Shepherd Chapel. But we had no idea if people were ready to brave the elements to experience live music again. Right up to a few minutes before showtime, the musicians were prepared to play in a mostly empty room. As it turned out, that's not what happened. People started flowing in, and as strangely beautiful sounds began to reverberate off the chapel's 40-foot-high ceiling, they kept coming.
Second on the bill, Amy Denio played a set of improvised vocal music. approach is to try to cover as much ground as possible with different colors and different textures and different rhythms using my line six delay modeler which is has a bunch of different delays and then it also has a looping system which is really fun to play with so I used to you know sometimes I just there's a knob where you can choose between all those different elements and sometimes I just randomly spin it and say I'm just going to start here <laughs> and then see what happens so it's a perfect instrument for me as an improviser to compose on the spot that's kind of how I, I see improvised music is not just blindly making stuff up but just taking hold of my creative spirit and, and shaping it as I go
Next came Outlaw Space. This trio formed in a place called Spite House, which is a countercultural institution in Seattle, a throwback to the days when the city was a fringe outpost. We promise more about Spite House in a future episode, but the upshot is that it is several things, a home, a performance venue, and a center for creative musical collaboration. The owner of the house has stubbornly refused to sell to developers, and it's thus a force against, quote, progress. That makes the house an outlaw space. Which brings us back to the trio of that name. It consists of pianist Stephen Fondrick, saxophonist Bill Monteleone, and violinist Kirill Polanski. Between them, they have vast experience that spans jazz, classical, world music, and free improvisation. Stephen is an accomplished composer. Bill is prominent in Seattle jazz circles. And Kirill is a classically trained, more recent convert to the world of improvisation. Together, they've evolved a unique chemistry that bridges their diverse backgrounds. I met Stephen and Bill at Spite House. I really enjoyed the kind of music they were making and tried to invoke that in my own performance, in my own practice with other musicians. I studied quite a bit of 20th century Russian music, like from Russian classical music, namely Tchaikovsky, Shostakovich, Rachmaninoff, Scriabin. And I tried to bring the, the, the phrasing and improvisation from like the way that those composers use it. It's a combination between that and mid-2000s metal music, I guess. <laughs> Stephen and I met in, I believe it was the summer of 2000 um, at, at Spite House, where Stephen was still living um, then, not called Spite House at the time, through a group of musicians that we had both come in contact with called the Monktail Creative Music Concern. We started freely improvising together in groups of musicians of as small as a few and as large as 20 for years and years and years and years and years. We played music that had melodies that had free construction in terms of how the arrangements came together and the groups would oftentimes arrange either on the fly or in conversation beforehand, but the adjoining music was absolutely freely brought together, but to a destination point. It wasn't a rejection of the free music we were playing. It was a continuation and a growth of that. For something to evolve, it takes time. Bill and I have been playing together in some form or other quite a lot during the year uh, for plus 20 years now. The other thing is Kirill is really good. He's able to stand back and find the gaps in the music that his sound fits into. So he has that desire and that enthusiasm and, and of course, an immense amount of skill uh, and a great ear. So throw that together with two guys who've been playing 
20 years together who aren't really particularly, I'm not, we're not telling Kirill how to play. We're just letting him fit in. I got very interested in classical piano music for a few years at, at Cornish. And one of the things I studied quite a lot was Alexander Skriabin and Sergei Rachmaninoff, two names that Kirill mentioned just a, a few minutes ago. And so there's gotta be some sort of loving connection there. We played a tune called Wildflowers. One of the things we decided to really focus on was the concept of an infinity within boundaries. Out came our, the form that we like to use, which could easily be like, oh my, look at the form of a raga and how it starts out slow and it gets to a, a medium point and gets to a fast point and then to a ferociously fast point and then wah, it's gone. Um, that's a, in an, a place, a space, a, a creative a blank slate that I wanted to be in so badly. And I got there from my study of just intonation. I got so into just intonation as uh, worthy of that long amount of time to really listen into the intervals. And uh, that's how our our collaboration with these melodies that we create uh, uh, bloomed as is, is that I, I looked at it in terms of well, where is this in a, this mode, this melody and adjust intonation framework, literally a lattice, and then to see where the actual real harmonic fundamental tones are and just try to evoke that as much as I can with what I have on hand.
After the first three sets, we pass the hat around the crowd. Audience members pick the members of the first chance trio. It turned out to be Stephen, Bill, and Amy. I just thought it would be a nice additional color to what was going on piano and there was tenor saxophone so wow clarinet would really be an interesting addition to that there's a freedom and a happiness and this light-hearted playfulness that amy plays with and the thing that's so amazing about playing with her is you can throw every rule out the window and just feel those feelings and if you just do that it's gonna work in fact, that's the most important. It's way more important than any note. The next names drawn out of the hat were Kirill and electric harpist Carol Levitt from Spontania. They played an impromptu duet. I remember a couple of things from it. She asked me like what key I wanted, like major or minor. She wanted to know what key to play in because she has a electric harp that she needs to tune in order to like have a bass set of tuning for the harp because she has to choose like which which strings have which she has like an option between two utmost strings between two notes and so 
I didn't think I gave her an answer on that. And then we just kind of settled on A minor. But I threw in an F sharp in there. And it, it was because A minor usually doesn't have F sharps. We just kind of started slow and improvised. And then about two thirds of the way through, it was 9 p.m. and my alarm rang <laughs> to make sure that I had fed and walked the doggy by this time. <laughs> which she had already been walked and fed by my, my wife at that point. But the alarm rang and it was a ding dong, like like a, a London Tower kind of based alarm and also happened to be an A minor. And so I kind of just brought it up to the microphone and the audience got a laugh out of it. it's amazing the show was so spectacular we had i was manning the door for the first couple of, of performances before ours and i just have to keep putting chairs up for people i think we tried to put up 20 before we started and i think i over doubled that in the first performance and then again like doubled it again by the time we were done with the second performance it was so crazy to see how many people turned up for some live performance by by the see these crazy musicians who like who knows what they're gonna play? Who knows if it's gonna be any good? But it was it was fantastic. It was a spectacular night all around. Music's function for me is to create community, and and that's what's really important to me. 
Um, so that's been the, the pleasure because we all have been going through this, this incredible sense of isolation. So that's why I enjoyed the other night to be able to just say, oh, all right, what, how, let's all join in. Let's all create something together. Because that for me is, is the, the beauty of music, the possibility that community can be strengthened through music. So coming back into the live sphere, that's, that's really been my focus. lesson from the Minifest is a simple one. No matter what else may be happening, the spirit of music lives, and it will not stay penned in for long. Listening to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. You can visit us at rightbrainrecords.com. Farewell for now. Join us next time.